1: Listen up, a fanboy. Fight. It's a the Fanboy, fanboy Planet Podcast. I never
2: I never so
1: and here he is, a man
3: dying under the weight of his own genius, Derek McCaw. Oh, the pain. <laughs> this is Derek McCaw, editor in chief of fanboyplanet.com. It is. What is today? Wednesday, June twenty fourth. Close uh, enough. Sure. In two thousand nine, we are podcasting sometime after six p.m. at from Elusive Comics and Games, two seven two five El Camino Real Suite one hundred four in Where Santa they're actually Clara, California. playing
1: Heroclix up front.
3: Are they actually playing mm-hmm. Hero tonight? Mm-hmm. Wednesday is Hero Clicks night now. That is awesome. I guess maybe we should podcast get done early. And no, 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 <laughs> no, no. It's just not going to happen, anyway. Okay, of course. Uh, uh, as as it's summer, which means that it's like it's like we've got replacement series coming in and, and saying we're, we're like mid season replacement. We're like the Hudson Brothers uh, Razzle Dazzle Hour, and uh, so so the lineup tonight is 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 wacky. Who's here? Well, it's not the usual, although there is some of the usual. It's weird. We've got, of course, a rare treat. I'm gonna with a question mark treat treat.
0: Uh, tell us who you are, sir. Uh, my my name is Chris Garcia, and it's been 36 days since my last drink. Great. Hi, Chris. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and of
3: course, across from me, Moral Compass, sound engineer, the Yin to my Yang, the guy that's keeping things grounded and going. Rick Bretsneider, about 12 hours, going on about 12 hours, last <laughs> <laughs> drink. Okay, is a chip for that, <laughs> and uh, and it's about an hour b- until his next drink. <laughs> he's right. a professional. He's going to wait till we we're go. done. That's one. I don't drink to excess, just enough. <laughs> I drink to success. Okay, so we've got some comics news, a comments commentary. Uh, we got a little bit of movie news we kind of missed over, and of course a big movie open this week that, um, blew. Uh and some interesting rumors, then some TV Ooh, stuff foreshadowing. And we've got Chris Garcia here for the wrestling. But first, we have a question
0: from viewer mail. Da-da-da-da-da. Anybody got a theme song? Anybody got a theme song for viewer media? mail? Viewer, viewer mail. Okay. Chances are you're gonna love viewer mail. Please don't. Sue.
3: I like it. Okay. Actually, so I'm gonna be uh, I, I'm gonna be uh, paraphrasing from uh, Little Troy Benson. Troy Benson, crusading district deputy district attorney, writes in and asks a question that I think is worth a discussion. What is it? Why is it that every time Gorilla Grodd is mentioned in the DC universe or on television? As he uh, just last week, I believe, cameoed on All My Children. Uh, why is he referenced? Did he really? No, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I w- I w- you got me. <laughs> Major <you> blink. Uh, <laughs> that uh, why is he referred to as Gorilla Grodd? Is there some other Grodd running around that we <laughs> that there might be some identification confusion? Yeah. And as Zorlak, I'm a little stumped because I it is my recollection, and perhaps I turn this out to the. Larger listening audience. It is my recollection as a child that he was just called Grodd. I yeah. remember reading flash comics where he was just Grodd. Then he can then he became Gorilla Grodd. Did we see Gorilla Grodd
1: before we saw Ape City, or were they kind of simultaneous?
0: They were not. Grodd simultaneous. appeared
1: first. Yes,
3: I, that would that'd be my expectation. But
0: I'm going off of who's who here because I yeah. read
3: that the other day. Oh,
0: excellent! Oh, fantastic! What a well-timed question this turns out to be. <laughs> yes. Um. Yeah. Ape City was after. I want to say even maybe a year or two. It was
3: – After Grodd first yeah, appeared in, in comics.
0: In comics. But more importantly, when Grodd was on episodes of the old DC hero shows. Um, the, the Filmation, filmation series the filmation for Friends. Ones. No, no, you mean no, the Filmation ones. The, from- the, yeah. 1968. Yeah. There, was, there were Flash episodes. Yeah. 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 Um, he was always just referred to as Grodd. OK. So I think he's – the gorilla has grown onto him.
1: You know, i got the little laptop here, and I went to Wikipedia, and you know Oh, you what? cheated. I did, I, but I, I admitted it. Right you false right. Zorlak. Anyway, go ahead. I just went to the Wikipedia page. Uh, he's listed as Gorilla Grodd.
3: Okay, which doesn't answer our question. It no. just means that, <laughs> yes. that, that the now reality says he's Gorilla Grodd. Right. Occasionally referred to as Super Gorilla Grodd. Uh, on Brave and the Bold, they refer this first appearance when uh, he took uh, that ocean liner back to to uh, Dinosaur Island uh, and Batman and Plasma Bottom. him. He was super Gorilla Grodd. Last week on Brave and the Bold, when uh, he went forward in time and Batman teamed up with Commandy, he referred to himself just as Gorilla Grodd. And I, but I can't think of any other character named Grodd except – the only thing that comes to mind is perhaps they felt that a name like Grodd by itself sounds like some sort of barbarian king or something. I don't think there's an episode where he goes back to the Hyborian age and they confuse him for
1: – I think they're just going for the alliteration there. It's like oh, For the alliteration?
3: Are you saying no. that
0: someone was playing scattergories and decided to use the double G to <laughs> exactly, get extra points? Exactly.
3: Gorilla Grodd. And the reality is that if, if you – there might be readers that if you go – as we know that historically the whole reason Grodd exists as a supervillain – is cuz Julius Schwartz realized that if you put gorillas on the cover of their comic books they sell they'd sell much better than any other book that's why you also like had the monkeys. well you did you had the mad gorilla boss of or the mod gorilla boss of Gotham City uh, superman wonder woman got turned into an ape there was titano the super Beepo. ape beppo beppo, beppo, beppo yes. double p, double p single e beppo bonzo well, and as we you know, he later became president. So uh, – and that, that was that was a good run. Um, so on Brave and the Bold, it's a good thing to have Gorilla Grodd. Yes. It may be easier to say Gorilla – it may be easier to trademark Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, probably. And that, that could be a reason for it. I'm going to go with – and, and as Chris has just reread that who's who. We know that all the accoutrement that went with it, the gorillas, that everything was a year later. I didn't remember reading a DC um, – Superstars issue, uh, where it was actually revealed that they're not—they're not even Earth gorillas. They're from an alien planet.
0: I, I remember something about that, that. They
3: were dragged. They were caught up in the in the uh, backdraft of the um, of the of a Green Lantern ring.
0: I want to say that. Wow, that's, that's even that's mentioned. Yeah, yeah, I want to say that's even mentioned in uh, the history of the DC Universe books.
3: Yeah, I, I suspect. I, I think it's pre-Crisis. I think they've later. Wiped that back out again and said, I know they're just super intelligent apes in the middle of Africa, um, but... They're just sharp. That's they're just really sharp apes. Hey, really you can sharp. do it, too, if
0: you stay in school.
3: Stay in school, kids. You, too, can be as powerful... As a gorilla. And
0: now you know. With the strength of five gorillas. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> the more you know. Doo, 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 doo.
3: Okay, let's move on to more mainstream <laughs> comics. Troy, thank you for the question. Always, always good to have a question that kind of gets things off and us out and, and Rick gets to show off his neat little laptop. What do you call it? It's a notepad? It's a netbook. A netbook. Um, still more powerful than my actual laptop. No, it's not. No? No. I'm going to bet you. Uh, so, anyway, uh, let's go to comics. This week in comics, as we've been covering almost almost all month, every week has been part of this Batman Reborn event. Uh, how is this different and, and less money-grubbing than, say, Brand New Day or something like that? It just is, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Plot? Plot. It's actually relaunching quality characters. books. They, they're actually launching books you want to buy instead of books you feel like you must buy.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's dark rain.
3: Um, <laughs> so actually,
1: dark rain is actually pretty good. About seventy five percent of it's really really because I
3: have I have I have two words for you. Yeah, they're going to come back and haunt you later. Okay, Lethal Legion. So didn't buy it. I, yeah, <laughs> there you go, Detective. I said seventy five percent. You're right. 25%. Dang it, it falls that twenty five percent. Uh, which is still better than – is it Frederick Pohl that said that 90% of everything is – not uh, Frederick Th- Pohl. Theodore Sturgeon. Theodore Sturgeon. Sturgeon's 90% Wall. of everything is, is crap. So 90% of Dark Reign Who is was crap. it who
1: – the corollary is Sturgeon was an optimist? Uh,
0: uh. That was – it sounds like Asimov. But yeah, probably. It's one of those guys. Old dead dudes. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Thank you. But the young live dudes are writing books, uh, are writing comic books. And I'm going to say of Batman Reborn, so far 90% of it has been good. Uh, I haven't seen anything actually that I – didn't like yet. Yeah.
0: The the lack of Batmite uh takes it down 12% for me.
3: Uh I can understand where you're coming from on that, but remember Batmite did did log an appearance on Brave and the Bold. Yes. Therefore, I think we have been contractually fulfilled with our Batmite needs. I still haven't For 3 4 years. I haven't yet either, but I I'm excited to catch. Yeah. Track it down. The DVD, f- the first DVD is going to come out in August, and I really cannot wait. Except I'm afraid they're going to do it like in little piecemeal four-episode DVDs. Oh, that would be bad. Instead of, I want, give you me wanna, the Brave and the Bold season. The Just give me the season. Yes. Anyway, but we'll get back to Brave and the Bold. We always get the uh, detective. Batwoman finally gets her on ongoing series. Yeah. The yeah. Kathy Kane revamp, who's not the same Kathy Kane who was Batwoman years ago, the circus Performer, although in this series written by uh, she's so she's headlining Detective and a redone Detective. Uh, In this series, he Greg Rucka in the first story does make a reference to Betty. So Betty Kane would be Batgirl, the the Ah, original Batgirl of the fifties. It's going with Veronica.
0: No, no, no. Well, her name was Veronica.
3: I don't know how to pronounce Betty in such a way that you realize that the last letter is an e. Betty. How do you do that? Is there a special is there a slightly different pronunciation for it? Betti? better, Uh beta sounds like a fighting fish. Beta fish. You, you don't have to worry that much about me. I do. I do. I do. No, I worry no, about you. No, I worry. I do. I uh-huh. do. You're looking better though. You're looking well. Anyway. I'm terrified. Well, he was traumatized by an archie comic as a child. So uh, anyway, you make some reference to that, but mainly what comes to Greg Rucka writing, we know he's a fantastic crime writer. I'm... Um, and he writes women very well. Uh, of course, he has the series Whiteout, which eventually we're going to see Beck and Sale film. I don't know when that's going to happen. Queen and Country. Uh, he had a really good run on Wonder Woman, or I'd say a controversial run. I really liked it. Many people found it a little slow moving, but he was actually writing and making her interesting and, in, and in, mm-hmm. in, in her history. Uh, and so he has this, and he's got J.H. Williams, who was the artist on Promethea, Alan Moore's Promethea, doing the artwork. Uh, normally he is inked uh, i think most most often he's associated with uh Mick gray uh this he, he's either inking himself or they are reproducing directly from the pencils i think they're kind of doing both
1: for the the cover really look there was a lot of pencil to the cover
3: yeah they're really and he's really going to going all out with i think where promethea was getting artistically experimental and so batwoman's being drawn in that style he had also done a lot of issues i believe of uh, starman and uh so it it's it's definitely kind of out there in the in the in the layout, but I kind of like it. It's it's, uh, challenging. I'm still not sold on the need for a Batwoman, but then do we need any of the characters that are ancillary? Do we need a Batman?
1: We need a Batman.
3: Okay, and we've got one. Dick Grayson's there, yep. but but it, it's a decent beginning, and it's also one of those books with an extra backup feature. The question. Uh, so Cully Hamner is doing the art and, and Greg Rucka is writing the question as well. So I have a feeling those stories are going to intersect. Uh, this says Renee Montoya as the question. Still not sure that anybody has a handle on how she's supposed to look visually. Steve Ditko's version, Vic Sage, yeah, somehow it looked cool. I'm a little cool. troubled by
1: – I haven't seen this one, but she's always just looked like, oh, I put Vic, Sa- Vic Sage's hat and coat on on top of my own clothes.
3: Yeah. And that's it. And and they also, which they hadn't done before, or I hadn't noticed as a color thing, is that now the gas, because she's with Aristotle Rotor, so she's with the guy who had invented all this stuff for Vic in the first place, yeah. uh, Tot, I guess is something they call him, um, and the gas now is turning her hair blonde when she's the question. So you, they're going that far. And it just, I, I don't know, it just visually it doesn't work. A, a series featuring Renee Montoya, I'm okay with that. She was a really good character. Um
1: that gimmick sounds familiar. Like somebody else did it before. They did something that would change the color of the woman's hair.
3: Well, but I mean, the question did. Vic Sage, The gas would change his color when it would affix the mask to his face. No, it, it would change the color of his hair as well. Okay. So you know, I, I, again, I, it's all part of it. It's just that visually, it, it, the character doesn't work as a woman for me. Maybe I, I shouldn't. It sounds like it's <laughs> is sexist. It the, is
1: it? You can't think of a woman in a single question. <laughs>
3: I was trying to avoid me. Are you kidding? Um, I wasn't saying anything. I was asking if, you. If I, better that you change your name to Enigma. <laughs> <laughs> a, that,
0: that, that's a machine. Conundrum.
3: What? So many the questions. Enigma's the Enigma is a machine. The Enigma is a machine.
0: It was used by the Germans in well, World War the II.
3: Riddler is yeah. actually already Enigma, so I'm sure oh, that's yeah. why. You know, Probably not. But anyway, uh, so far, again, there's – That's a a Batman Reborn book that I'm all for. Then it was The Sirens of Gotham or Gotham Sirens, Sirens, Sirens The Streets of Gotham, 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 Catwoman, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn, Quinn, which unfortunately sold out before I could get here. I read the
1: nine-page preview off the website. It actually looked
3: okay. Well, I think so. Has Paul Dini written anything you've not liked? The problem I have with this is
1: that DC has made a good job of reforming Catwoman over the past few years. Uh, I'm sure sometime during her career she's been as lethal and killer as, as kill, much a killer as Harley or Ivy. Mm-hmm. But I don't think of her that way right now, whereas Ivy I think of as a cold-blooded
3: killer. And Harley
1: has her moments.
3: Harley has her moments, but but after – well, d- during the countdown to 50 – or the – yeah, countdown to Final Crisis. Yeah. The thing that they did with, with Harley was she became like this – she was influenced as sort of a demi goddess of mischief, right?
1: Right, and I was having a little trouble with her at that point too. And
3: so she she lost that, but still, sort of, I, I can buy that as a character, especially since the Joker is basically established as deciding that if he sees her, he will kill her, and she understands that completely. Yeah, that she's more interested in sort of dabbling on the side of good. Ivy, actually, in Batman, they've—it's hard to say that she's she's not exactly reformed, but she has seen that perhaps if. Her mission is not crime. It is more um, it's more protection of the environment.
1: And she does something to the Riddler in the first nine pages that's just kind of like, uh, you're still pretty creepy. Really? Okay.
3: Yeah. And yet, and maybe it's just my thing. Boys and Ivy can go ahead and still be a little creepy and I'm okay with that. I understand. Yeah, all right. Uh, so we'll see. Maybe we'll get that. Uh, uh, this week the Fables, the Great Fables <clears throat> crossover finished up with this, so the Literals number three. Yay, trade. Yay trade. You're going to get a trade <laughs> and you're going to like the story, I think. There's a lot of interesting things that happen with that with it and talking about things very metatextually but not in an annoying way. And except that a couple of characters comment about you're about to start talking metatextually. Yeah. And that's annoying, so let's move on, you know. And You know uh, what
1: bothers me about this kind of stuff in the regular books that that is not usually a problem in the trades when it's a crossover issue mm-hmm. is that I really I I have to figure out what order to read them in. And it's not so much a problem, I imagine, in Fables and Jack of Fables and mm-hmm. the other one that crossed over. The literals, yeah. But it's any of the other books that cross over and trying to figure it out. And Superman for a while was printing – and I guess they've gone back to printing a number on the front cover mm-hmm. that's outside of the – it's just the sequence in which you, you, well, you read yeah. all the – And, and the, and the Great order.
3: Fables crossover did actually – if you were buying them, as you said, one of nine, two of nine, okay, three good. of nine. And they numbered okay. that. But, but so many s- books
1: nowadays they don't even tell you if it's it's a limited series and you look at it and it says limited series and it says well how many issues? are Well, there? I think
3: and that's a problem with with uh, com- combining into trades though. Even in, in trades, they're not necessarily reprinting in the way that makes it most make the most sense. Apparently, like there's been some con- controversy over the final crisis hardcover because it includes the Superman Beyond, okay, the the two issue miniseries, the three D one, the three D one, All but right. it's printed in two D. And it's happened in the middle of Final Crisis, which it should, but it also still probably needs some crossover with Legion of Three Worlds, which isn't finished printing in its original still. individual issues. So, hmm. you know, we don't know. So they they got a hardcover out that really is an incomplete story. And, and it, and it does seem like, and they did it with Seven Soldiers of Victory. They reprinted like chronologically, how they'd actually appeared in their individual books in their in, in, as individual books, instead of how does it fit in the story? Right. So you could actually, right. if you bought the Seven Soldiers of Victory trade number one, you got half the Zatanna miniseries and half the Mister Miracle or something like that. Okay, it was so it was odd. It what it was harder to see the pattern. See, that's the great thing about those Kirby, um, the Kirby hardbacks, are the, are the Kirby on the, the fourth, the, the fourth they world. They print on the bus. everything
1: in exactly the right order. It's like one. Well, and
3: Kirby did do that. First, they were bi-monthly books, and alternating, and yeah. there was there was something smart about the scheduling, it, you know. Which is another thing we, hmm. you know, we've lost smart scheduling. We've we have yeah. because if I am saying these words that Final Crisis Legion of Three Worlds has not finished, which, by the way, we already know it's like a year <clears> late now, and right? I haven't. Um, I, now, I don't know if this actually appeared initially. Again, we still don't know. We've been reading Flash Rebirth with Bart Allen back. Who apparently comes back to life at the end of of Legion of Three Worlds, so nobody's seen how that happens. Yeah, um, they still haven't decided. Superboy returned to life, and they can call him Superboy because Warner because bro- DC settled and decided that they would still make more money publishing a book and sharing the rights to, and sharing the money to a character called Superboy. Which, sharing
1: is good. Sharing
3: is good.
0: Sharing is good. It is. It's not necessarily socialist, okay, people? Yeah. It's actually sort of. Except in the medical community. My, my congressman told me that. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, we're not going to get right. health like we don't want to share our. <sighs> you can share your pills with me later. <laughs> uh, anyway.
0: I, I got purple.
3: <laughs> oh great! Uh, so um, let's turn. We you know it, yeah, it's bad. It's bad scheduling. Now one of uh, so uh, let's turn over. We've been and now we're complaining about DC doing that. I'm sure Marvel's not, well. We know Marvel's done that where they've thrown off a lot of books because like Civil War had to be put off. Certain stories have been messed around. I, I just read a, a Brian Michael Bendis Twitter that a story that that he wrote for Spider Man uh, has had to be delayed because the because one of the Dark Rain books is off and therefore. You know his story. Just a second.
1: Are you twittering now?
3: No, but on Facebook, Bendis twitters, and so see, his updates so. keep going, and it's worth reading. All okay. uh,
0: I, I'm Johnny Eponymous on Twitter. J O H N N Y E P O N Y. I'm still. I'm still not going to follow you. You You probably should. I don't Twitter. I'm humorous. I'm Rick Brett on Twitter. I Rick Brett. That's a good
3: name. I refuse to Twitter.
0: It's 140 characters. There's not much to lose. I,
3: you just, can come up with 100. Just my soul, I can. That's not the issue.
0: You could fit that on two punch cards. That's oh,
3: well, good, Johnny <laughs> Old Man Anonymous. Uh, so uh I just don't want a Twitter, but you know, okay. I we are available on Facebook. What's I, our, ju- I just did, did we get an uh, ID for Fanboy Planet? You can join the Fanboy Planet uh, fan page, right? Fan page, yes. yes. I'm a member. Yes. You right. are. Well, anybody else? Come on, be members
1: and. Get notice of uh, everything that gets, well, I do the highlights. What I do the highlights. What I the highlights. Say the highlights. Oh, well,
3: I'd say, like, the, the exclusives, like, you don't, like, if we review a movie, well, everybody's got the movie review. Now, if you want our opinion, you go to Family yeah. Planet. But if we get an exclusive interview, everything goes out there. Or we have pictures. Or we got nice pictures. pictures. We do. I like pictures, too. Um, anyway, let's go to Marvel, which today, I mean, this may be a record. Today, 39 titles That's a lot, from Marvel man. hit That's the That's more stands.
1: than a book a month in a week. <laughs> Uh, book a book. A day. I'm not even sure I follow your <laughs> logic, but it's more than a book a day in a week,
3: for a month. For a month. <laughs> well, let's just think. If you're a Marvel zombie, follow me. Stay with me, Chris. If Wait. you're if you're a Marvel zombie, the cheapest book. And by the way, Marvel Zombies Four didn't actually sell well. So, um, if you're a Marvel zombie, th- the cheapest book is three bucks. Yeah, $2. that's $2.99. the cheapest. Two ninety nine. That's a lot of let's cheddar. Let's round it up. Somebody do the math on this. Okay, three times ten. 30, just yeah. by 10, so yeah. 60 by yeah. 20, 30, that's 90, Uh huh. 39, Yeah, that's $117. Yeah.
1: Hopefully you're getting a discount
3: math checks your out. favorite local... Uh, Thank you. Even if you get a discount, discount, let's say you get 20%, that's which yeah. is high for a lot of stores. You're still spending over $90 this week alone yeah. on Marvel. At least half of well, which are probably secretly reprints. Uh, <laughs> yeah, if you're buying, if you're buying all that crap. That's including if you're buying their adaptation of Treasure Island. Yeah. But there's a lot of uh, no, lesser... I, or Pride and Prejudice. I really like that they did this Pride and Prejudice adaptation in which each issue looked like a fashion magazine. <laughs> yes. It almost fooled me. Like, did they update it? I picked it up and went and said, so I no, just it's still that doing, same book that bores me. book with Millie
1: the Model
0: now?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Marvel Divas. Now, oh, that's right. The Divas. I
0: remember from the days in the, the mid-1990s when I was buying Wizard and stuff and looking at all the dates that they were averaging in total... About 40, maybe 45 books a week. And in one week, Marvel puts out that many. That is what's wrong with comics today.
3: There's just too much to buy. There's, yeah. there's any
0: wonder, Marvel and DC,
3: between the two of them, and Marvel slows the line share of this, Marvel and DC control 90% of the market share in comics. Yeah, as it should be. Well, I don't know. Dark Horse and Image occasionally put out interesting books. Including, should I mention Chew, which uh, we're going to have the writer of Chew, John Layman, on next week, he is going to be a guest on the podcast. So uh, we're very excited. He'll be taking my excited. space. Maybe. Maybe you'll come here. Maybe he'll have eaten you. And uh, Isn't that the plot? Anyway, John Lehman will be here, and he's signing autographs on July 1st, uh, signing his book, Chew, at uh, Elusive Comics. Now, does
1: your accounting
3: include variant covers? No, I'm not even including variant covers. Wow. There's
1: a ton of variant covers too.
3: Look that out. hurts. Okay, we talked about <laughs> variant covers on last week's podcast. So two, I mean that's a ridiculous amount. And then there are serious nuts. like okay. Two so, for
1: Avengers Invaders, two for Dark Avengers. Oh my
3: gosh. Okay, so the yes. Two for Dark Avengers. I can't even begin. I can, uh, three what? for three for Dark Avengers versus X Men. Oh god. Okay, so it's not even necessarily what they're trying to do. Now, in in light of, there was a speech by the CFO of Marvel about a month ago where he said, freely admit it, this is not a market that grows. We're all feeding off the same resources. We don't expect that if we – that I see them as a corporation like
1: attached to the neck of, <laughs> of, of so fans. They're lampreys. That's yeah. what they're, they, they are. <laughs> they are.
3: Marvel is a lamprey and they, they do not – see that they're really they're not growing the audience they're not bringing new people into the stores it is a finite market we are indeed becoming as said children of men it's it's dying off and they're going to suck every last dime out of us before we die off um in fact, they're made, they're working on a scheme so that in our wills we actually have to to order our descendants <laughs> right. to buy Marvel comics. It hasn't yeah. yet come through, but this was the defense of, and they said that it's that they've already experimented with raising prices to three ninety nine on certain books, and they said it hasn't made an, imp- an appreciable impact on their sales, so they're going to just keep keep raising it. So least. it's our fault. It's our fault. At least DC, when they've raised the price of have added eight pages of backup story. Mm-hmm. So they're at least giving you something
0: in return. Yeah. Now, of course, this brings to mind a number of different things. Uh, the wrestling industry is completely banked like that. They, they're no longer building fan base. But I think what Marvel has a problem with is, is that their movies are not appreciably raising the number of fans they can draw to their comics. It's raising the number of people they can bring to other Marvel movies, but it is not flushing back into the comics industry. And I think that's really their worry.
1: I think it's very nice you used the word flushing there. Mm -hmm. You're welcome.
3: Well, but I also want, I I don't know, like, I think we talked about at Baycon. Did Smallville bring an appreciable amount of readers into stores, you know, for Superman? Probably not. Didn't,
0: wasn't there a Smallville comic?
3: Yes, and nobody bought it because there's there's uh, there's already several books featuring the characters of Smallville. Oh, really? They're called what are they? Superman. Oh my god! Action, I didn't know, <laughs> <laughs> <You> know <laughs> a little thing like that. Um, did the Dark Knight appreciably bring in? I think that there are certain books that get boosts. We know, we do know factually that Watchmen, the movie. Mm-hmm. Did boost the sales. I think it was. It ended up being like two hundred thousand copies moved. Uh, once uh, the V for Vendetta, once the trailer was up, V for Vendetta, the sales have shot shot up for those. Regardless of the quality, how you feel about the quality of those movies, they did raise the awareness of those books. People did did buy those books that were trade paperbacks. What I what I noticed too at at, at uh, shows, I go to conventions, and the dealers have man Marvel trade paperbacks up the wazoo. And nobody has DC. Nobody has good deals on them. And, you know, I I, I asked somebody, I can't remember who, and it's best that they remained anonymous. I think they were a retailer. I said, "Why? why don't you have a bunch? Why does everybody have all these Marvel books? And he goes, well, it's quality. We sold all our DC books. You know, and so now we can offer. We have to offer our marvels at fifty percent off to see if somebody will buy them.
0: I believe technically you have to say that that was an unnamed source. An unnamed
3: source. Okay,
0: um, speaking on the condition of anonymity.
3: Uh, no, he was just uh, speaking on the condition of I didn't spill his beer while he was walking down talking and uh, somebody else. So um, it was somebody I knew. Um, yeah, so it's kind of odd, but it, through of these books. Uh, Rick was interested in, in at least one of the thirty nine today, Utopia. Yes. Dark Avengers versus X Men. Utopia. Right. By Matt Fraction. So all right there I'm gonna say, All right, yeah. I'd be willing to give that a shot because there are still obviously great writers working for Marvel. Bendis is one, Fraction is another, Brubaker back and forth between the universes.
1: Yeah, although Brubaker apparently is not really all that influential on in it right now.
3: Well so. he's still writing Uncanny X Men, isn't he? Uh, or did he turn that over he, to fractions? He's turned too? it over to fractions. Oh, so oh, really? he's yeah. he's just writing incognito and criminal. Yeah. Okay. Well, but is just doing quality work on his own. Which I mean, so don't get me wrong. With 39 books, yeah, I think this is what's wrong with it. That, that's Who 2.7 percent
0: afford- of what uh, of the total number of books is one book. 2.7 percent. Oh.
3: Okay. So 2.7 percent there we can say is probably quality. Um, is definitely quality. Uh, there's probably more to it, but you know, it's still. It, it, there's a lot of good stuff out there. It's just too much. Yeah, I, I don't know how the how the industry can support itself. It's going oh, to wait. So you had this so Utopia. What's the plot of Utopia? You who bought it? It's well, it's
1: an, it's uh, Dark Avengers coming to San Francisco to deal with the X Men. Huh. and apparently there's I and I wish I could find a source on this. I heard Matt faction fraction in a. Uh, interview this week and he was talking about how there are some parallels in the plot line that I can't I'm not going to mention because I can't validate uh, reflect the local prop eight stuff mm-hmm. gay marriage stuff so there you so go. we can't
3: speak with any expertise because yeah. none of us have read the story okay right. uh, how about Lethal Legion I was going to say those two words that um, you <laughs> my copy
1: still on the shelf if, if you want to go, go get it, it.
3: yeah with the, the grim reaper who else man ape along with my copy of the hood <laughs> yeah Okay, so yes, yeah, so I said there's quality. There's also stuff that's just being pumped up because ah, we've yeah. got to. And I think because they have a title, I think they had trademarked the title "Lethal Legion." So we we get understanding under trademark law. Every five or six years, you have to put out a book with that title to renew your trademark.
0: Well, no, you don't have to put out a book. You have to put out something. Something. So you know, they the could satisfy it by putting out a. The characters can mention. But you have to make manipulation. You have to make what is it? have to make use of trademark. I know this because I've been through this.
3: <laughs> because you violate trademark law like crazy, don't you? Constantly. your know, existence. The troll people are still. Yes, I actually uh, paid FU. for music
0: this week. It's a big day.
3: Oh, that was why the earth shook. Okay. Briefly. 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 Uh, all right. So, it, you, so you have to do something. Yeah. But who's going to buy a T-shirt that says Lethal Legion? So you, in comics, the best way to do it put is, to put, is to put out a new book and see if – Well, that's why we have so many Captain Marvels. I would love for Marvel to just give up. Stop putting out Captain Marvel so DC can just call Shazam Captain Marvel. That's going to happen. Again, I know it's not. Try explaining that one to a five-year-old. Why do we have to say Shazam? You just do. Because
1: there's a whole other company called Marvel.
3: Marvel, and there was Fawcett, and there was this whole, you know, it's It's ridiculous. Uh yeah, so we end with Lethal Legion. We talk of comics and say that's one not to buy, but you might want to buy Uto- Utopia. Are we going to talk about my least favorite cover? Oh movie? yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Rick has a nominee, and I don't. Th- I'm I'm not certain that anything's going to top it. The uh, the, grossest like the grossest cover, of, of 2009 so
1: far, uh, is the this week's co- issue of Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man 5.98, which evoking. The Van, is it Vanity Fair uh, covers yes. with, uh, Demi Moore. with Demi Moore? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in- ins- instead you of so Demi far. Moore, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. now I put a nice image of
3: motherhood
1: and Demi mm-hmm. Moore in your head.
3: An attractive woman replaced pregnancy. Re-
1: replace Demi Moore with the recently discovered, it's not a guy, it's a woman, Menace, a horned a villain in Spider Man, evocative of both Green Goblin and Hobgoblin. Um, okay,
3: so I'm getting what you're saying that's not really attractive.
1: Who, ex- who turned out to be Yet. Harry Osborne's girlfriend. That man cannot psychotic, catch a break. Psychotic He comes girlfriend. back from
3: the dead <laughs> and ends up dating a goblin. What yeah. is, you know, he was one, he got killed. Absolutely
1: amazing. And this, I mean, just like I'm all for motherhood. I think it's beautiful. We are but,
3: all, we are indeed all for motherhood. But, totally. Dear
1: Lord,
0: this is not
1: something you want to see.
0: Uh, it, 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 no. You know, in fifty years, this is going to be a landmark. People are going to look at that and say that was genius. Yeah. I don't think there so. There are craters that are landmarks. <laughs> <Christy>. <laughs> Fair enough. <Okay>. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and once again, that's been predictions from a six-time Hugo loser. So, uh,
0: <laughs> uh, four-time Hugo loser, two-time current nominee. Oh, I get to hold on to that for another six weeks. Okay, thank you. Right. Very good. Four-time Hugo loser. I'm going to go prediction from never
3: having a man never having been nominated. It's gonna be six times. <laughs> I have a shirt that says six
0: time Hugo Loser already made. There you go.
3: You got a good attitude about that. And it's a shame that you don't have better friends than us.
0: So uh <laughs> Oh <laughs> Ouch. Okay, better,
3: okay, you're a better friend because you're a better friend than everybody.
0: I, yeah, you're dreamy. Thank you. <laughs> I try. That Brett Schneider, he's the ginchiest. <laughs> oh Doby. <laughs> nice. Nice. Huh. Shall we move on to movies? Sounds yes.
3: good to me. Uh, you know, one thing we missed, because, and, and I, I'm surprised because I think we would absolutely lo- love this, and it came back in my mind because it was a reference to the film today on Any Cool News, John Carter of Mars, which has bounced one around. One of my favorites. Which has bounced around from studio to Probably studio. Probably
1: responsible for me reading.
3: Really? Yeah. And wearing a red loincloth and running around with a sword? Uh, we you yeah, know, no. Okay. That's a whole different <laughs> other thing. Okay, so we can't blame that. No, it's a Frazetta cover says I got to read the okay, story. you know. I mean, it's been bouncing around I got to
1: find out more about that girl.
3: It's been bouncing around for film adaptations since like what
0: 1935 when Bob Clampett tried to do it as an animated? Yes. Yeah. Most, yeah. It came closest in the uh early to mid 90s with uh, Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger uh pegged for John Carter.
3: Again, very glad that version didn't happen. I am as well. He
0: would not
1: come across as a gentleman from uh, uh from Virginia. Virginia. He uh, pull it off. Oh,
3: yeah. Just like he was going to play Sergeant Rock for a while and that was a terribly <laughs> wrong <laughs> Oh, line. that would have right. been hilarious. Oh, Doc right. Savage. They talked about him for Doc Savage and that yeah. was very wrong. And we all know really that the only person who played that is The Rock. But anyway, go uh, ahead. Uh, Dwayne The Rock. Dwayne Johnson. Johnson, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I'm sorry. Yes. Uh, only now, uh, and, and w- where it was uh, mentioned, any cool news is at one point Robert, I think Robert Rodriguez was going to direct it, and Harry Knowles was going to produce it. Wow! Whoa. And uh, what did any cool news say about that? Um, what a great idea! <laughs> uh, except that it was very interesting because it's one of those interesting. I think, as I knew was going to happen, if I may sound predictions from a man who's never been nominated for a for a Hugo, the years ago when Harry Knowles. First, got the attention of of Hollywood, and he said, you know, I if he they would just listen to me, no movie would ever fail. He was very arrogant about it, and he's become a producer. Have you ever seen a movie produced by Harry Knowles? No, no. He's uh, been pr- produced, uh, tried to produce at least f- three, and none of them have come to fruition. And I'm not saying this to knock Harry. I think what he's learned, what he's seen, is how absolutely crazy that business is. And, and the reason why I got mentioned today was because, uh. He was. I'll get back to his reference because he's referencing a screenwriter who has a movie opening today. But John Carter Mars is now being produced oh. by Pixar. It will start filming in November in Utah. The deserts of Utah will be doubling for the sands of Mars. So it's gonna be live action. Live and, action and no rendered stuff. Live action.
1: Pixar is gonna do a whole. Pixar live has
3: two live action films on the yeah. docket. Brad Bird is going to be directing 1906, a film about the earthquake in San Francisco, which wow. will be live action. And uh, That's
0: not- supposedly supposed to be fairly heavily uh, background animated. That may be oh, because
3: they're going to still use – obviously they're going to use just as when Disney went live action. I mean when mm-hmm. we remember Ellen Shaw's paintings and that's the matte paintings oh, yeah. and dealing with that kind of stuff. So I think they're going to use their artistic skills for production design but it's going to be live actors. It's not going to be yes. animated. Okay. Um, but Taylor Kitsch. Who and I uh, uh, it's Andrew Benton, I think, who directed Finding Nemo is Andrew Stanton. Andrew Stanton, thank hey, you. Hey Andrew, what's up? You know him? He came to the museum. Does he know you? Probably not. No, nah, okay. Andrew Stanton, who directed Finding Nemo, is directing John Carter. And uh, or a Princess of Mars, I think is what they are going to stick with that Excellent. with that title. Yes. Uh Taylor Kitch, who was Gambit in X Men Origins Wolverine, is going to play John Carter.
1: I can kind of see that.
3: I actually can. Yeah. I mean, you know, he couldn't do a Cajun accent. He probably can't do a Virginia accent either, and that's okay. Uh, so, But, you know, I never read those books with a Virginia accent in my mind. And I think you'd have to kind of – one of the things you have to play down when he was a Confederate and there were certain aspects of his personality that probably were racist um, that yeah. would, would not play as well today. Yeah. So I'm sure that having him more – just a more nondescript – they might make him a Union know, soldier. You had to
1: deal with the green man, the red man. Yes. The, yeah. the and now horribly, I cannot apes.
3: remember they that somebody, some actor talked about how he was going to be, and they've taken it to mean that he was going to play Tars Tarkas. And it's weird, sadly, that I can totally remember the name Tars Tarkas, but I can't can't remember remember the actual person who (laughs) they're saying is going to play him. Uh, And I can't remember who's playing Dejah Thoris. Again, I can remember the name Dejah Thoris, but I can't remember who's playing Oddly
1: enough, you know who would be a great... Deja Thoris you're gonna say Megan Fox aren't I you? would say Megan Fox
3: well, I think you did say that yeah, I I out a couple I guess yeah so that's a great segue there because of course I saw Megan Fox who is not a real person she's actually a CG effect I, I do that. not believe she's a real human being uh, although
0: she was the most attractive photo of all time was her Maxim cover back about March
3: well FHM uh, magazine or is that is or, that redundant is it for him magazine or is it really it's FHM, FHM magazine FHM, FHM magazine Uh listed their top 100 most attractive, and Megan Fox came in at number one. Again. Again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. First woman to get it back-to-back the Mercury, or on her back. Mercury said that. Hey-oh! <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Oh, by the way, we did
0: not do a, a moment of silence – or I'm sorry, a moment of oh. pure glee for Mr. Ed McMahon who passed away on Monday. A moment of pure glee? A pure glee because that man is the happiest man who ever lived. He got to give away big checks. Oh, yeah. Yes. And, and he we- wish
3: he kept one of them too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, I think you know, Heaven's
0: what was it? Heaven's blood alcohol rating just went up .01, and he's back with Johnny now. That's right, waiting for Doc as always. That is one. (laughs) I thought Doc died. I thought Doc is still alive. No, I think Doc is dead. So is Jack Parr. Yes, just saying. And Tommy Newsom
3: is dead as well. So I think I, I think all of them are dead. I think all the original Tonight Show uh, crew there are, there are goes going to host for a reunion you show.
1: A talk show in heaven.
3: Uh, what a talk show! And we've got uh, next up God. <laughs> in the, I want to oh, see that. he stood us up again. Well, you know who the uh, second uh, guy on that one is? It's Ty Cobb. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and hey, Tim Watson's going to come in and sit down. No, he's not really, but he's going to sit down on yeah. the toilet. That's so a shame. <laughs> anyway, so you mentioned the Mercury said about her making it back to back. Uh, they,
1: it was in the, uh, the, uh, celebrity section. They were kind of snide about the fact that, oh, we can all rest easy because she's still the hottest woman in the universe. She is. Have you seen
3: the viral video, uh, that's of the, of the Megan Fox, the CG artists on Transformers who are in charge of, of animating Megan Fox? No. Oh, it's very funny. Well, is this
1: going with my prediction my prediction that when they have all these people scanned in they'll they'll eventually um, uh, it's a, break, it's a, break out breakout when I the...
3: first watched it, like the first thirty seconds, I thought maybe it was leaked from the Transformer set, like it was a joke that Michael Bay had shot. I do think it's a parody video, somebody else has done it, did it and and released it, it's like some sketch group. See the big deal on these things is not pretty soon is not gonna be the fact that the movie
1: leaked ahead of time. It's gonna be that the models leaked. And I am waiting for that moment. And the, the people are using them for. Well, uh, well, and I would say this, okay, selfish
3: because, because I'm going to say <laughs> <laughs> if it keeps them off the streets, I am okay with that. If one life is saved, if Tim Watson avoids getting into trouble one night because oh, that's not going to happen, he has a virtual
0: Megan Fox. One life is saved, or a million prevented. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> wow, <laughs> what? <laughs> Well played. I'm giving Chris Garcia
3: an official point. Uh, So I saw Transformers Revenge of the Fallen last night. Um, Oh, do tell. Do tell, (laughs) yes. Who was in it? It doesn't matter. Optimus Prime. There are robots. Okay? So I I, I can't remember who uh, one of my friends put up. It's like The Godfather. I think my friend Ed Meehan wrote It's like The Godfather 2 of giant fighting robot movies. I'm like... (laughs) Well, yes, just as I thought that Transformers 1 was you the Citizen Kane. You Fredo bastard. You uh bastard. And so, but still, as giant fighting robot movies go, did I need it to be two hours and 40 minutes long? No. They did the IMAX screening at 6.30, and I was like, okay, well, that's interesting. Good. I'll have time. They, wanted, they were giving us, as reviewers, time to get home and write a review before the midnight opening. No. It was 6.30 because the doggone thing is over two hours and 40 minutes long. Yeah. At a point where two things that a that a fanboy should never have to say were uttered by me. First, you gotta of, go to the bathroom. No, though. no, that one unfortunately goes. It happens a lot. I always do a preemptive strike, um, and I didn't drink well a lot beforehand. Are we talking about the models again? Is you shouldn't have to say. You shouldn't be saying. Geez, are these robots gonna stop fighting? <laughs> and holy crap! <coughs> more Megan Fox. Um, Wow, Wait, where? <laughs> where? <laughs> <laughs> Not, I mean, you know, what it, parts were you waiting for?
1: <laughs> I don't know what part it was. I want like. to see the parents again.
3: <laughs> no, I didn't want to see the parents. I, I yeah, I, I want more. I I want another joke about the dogs copulating. Um, oh, good. Because there yeah, were two there that. were two dog effing scenes, and then one of the little Decepticons. Humps Megan Fox's leg. Yay. Uh, yay. Lucky, lucky, lucky Decepticon. <laughs> now, if they were making this like a VR thing and you could be in that Decepti- uh, You know, i got to say, I really like the production design. And I, I want to praise the things about it that I think are really amazing. I do think that the way they've thought out the production design of Transformers as a film really makes sense to me in a strange way. I didn't it, – it, it. It. it's hard to identify like Decepticons all look alike to me. The, all yeah. the all the evil ones, but I but I still think what I liked was that there were so many. They have so many different alien forms. Why would they conform to something we re- people complain about? How spiky they are. There's one that gets like really thin and angular. And I'm like, well, why would they conform to humans? Human. Yeah, you know they they should. Although at one point, and I believe we will be the ones to patent this this phrase for it. There is. A ripoff of Terminator 3, the Terminatrix, there is a character, a co-ed, who is secretly a Decepticon. It's no secret. She's very hot, I'm, which I'm referring to as the either the Hotobot or the <laughs> or the Decepticon. And I've not seen any other critic refer to them that
0: way. So, yeah, that works. I think <laughs> Hotobot is the word hot-o-bot. hotobot.
3: Yeah. You know anyway, the, hotobot, the
1: con sounds too much like something you do to a young. It, it's something from Mac-
3: <laughs> it's from Macbeth, Lady Be- Lady Macbeth saying "desex me," and she actually says "unsex me now." But um, it's Lady Macbeth says that she does. It's a Shakespeare quote. Sorry, go ahead. Shakespeare. Yes, he was a writer.
0: Oh, he did that Brad Pitt movie. And right? by
3: and by the way, when I talk about writers, I'm thinking about the things that are not valued in Transformers: Revenge of the Fallen, <laughs> 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 it's because this is the same writing team that gave us Star Trek. Which I thought – there's a proof. If you have a, a, a director, at least a fairly competent director who's interested in telling a good story yeah, and not just pleasing himself and he's given – let's say even if Roberto Orsi and Alex Kurtzman – let's say I think they're pretty good writers because of Fringe. I'm going to go with that. Okay, But let's just say even if they were mediocre writers, in the hands of J.J. Abrams, we get a really good film. Mediocre writers in the hands of Michael Bay – we get something that is that should be buried and has a half life of a million years. Uh,
0: I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you on a point. Okay. Um, first off, I was hearing about uh, on that bastion of liberal media, of course, NPR had a big thing on it as I was driving in. Yeah, uh, on transformers. On transformers. Okay, please and, tell. Uh, do tell. Um, what did
3: Terry Gross have to say?
0: I, I wish it was Terry Gross because she's awesome. Um, but uh, I follow her on Twitter. Uh, but there's a huge amount of excitement in the wait for it. 12-year-old boy segment and and let me say this
3: film is utterly inappropriate for anyone mm-hmm. 12 and under yes utterly okay. inappropriate the sexuality the hotobot uh <laughs> is, is it practically rapes sam wow and it's disturbing it's she not-
0: practically does it or she practically does it both <laughs> uh th- uh you know it's very practical a <laughs> that, i mean i'm
3: just saying the sexuality is it's there's nothing graphic it's just so out there it's so in your face and which for us that's probably okay we're we're adults but parents whose kids are at, begging to go see this film right they're not going to the parents are not going to be comfortable with that the even the autobots swear like really? crazy, there's two mud flap, and I can't, I, I couldn't even tell you what the names. Are. They have these two, op, two opening sequences. So there's one set in thirty seven thousand years ago when the Fallen have first landed on Earth with the, with the Neanderthals. That it's like okay, that's interesting, and then they, I guess, and you identify at least they the only show one, so that must be the Fallen. Okay, that's the guy who's going to get revenge. So are the Fallen talking about the point. Yeah, yeah, the Fallen. So they're speaking English. The Fallen is spe- well. Somebody's narrating it. So I, I, oh, okay. I couldn't even tell you now if it was supposed to be Megatron narrating, if Optimus Prime was narrating, or if the Fallen himself, uh, voiced by Tony Tony Todd, was uh, was to do, was doing this prologue. Yeah. That part's okay. I was like, okay, that's it, fine. It's it so was Morgan Freeman. No, no, it wasn't actually. But it was a retcon. You know, I'm like, okay, it's a little retcon from what you know in the first movie they established that all the, all along Megatron's been working for the Fallen. Okay. I'm okay with that as a retcon. Then they and then they set up a new idea where the Autobots and the army men from uh, the first movie have co- f- have combined to form a new unit that goes down and hunts down Decepticons all around the Earth. Like I'm okay with that. That's good. Except they introduce a whole bunch of new Autobots that don't matter. Except boy, you can sell the toys. And that, have, that's what they were talking about on MP. And you have no idea who they are. Nobody's having personality except for this these two. Uh, Mudflap, and again, I can't remember what the other one is. I never caught their names in it. I only saw in the IMDb credits afterwards what their names were. I went, oh. Both of them voiced by Tom Kenny. Oh, one cool. has a One has a gold tooth. They begin as they <laughs> form together. So you know where we're going with this. Yeah. They f- originally formed together as an ice cream truck, and then they update into little um, minis, mini cars. To, so they're separate. So they never come together, but they're like twins. One's green, one's yellow. And they are obnoxious. Black rapper stereotypes, oh, this the, yeah, heard about and they this. talk about punk ass bitch, and and they and and the p word that rhymes with wussy, um, and, and nice. they are just foul mouth. Wow. Nothing. They don't say the f word. They don't say s. But their language is not anything any parent wants their kids to emulate. Yeah, and they're clearly designated as the characters, other than Bumblebee, that the kids are supposed to love. Yeah, and I think. Flat out, that's irresponsible filmmaking. It's like it's like seeing Land of the Lost. Who is this for? If you know that this film is supposed to make parents who go Transformers, I can feel safe taking my kids to this movie, and dropping
1: them off, and not watching
3: it, and myself. not watching it, and then they come out talking like like bad gangsta rappers because and, and the and the the giant Constructicon robot also has. Wrecking balls, um, so you know. <laughs> Please tell me they're not where I think they are. They are. <laughs> oh, oh, man, they're Lord. not used. They just dangle, and, and also, <laughs> and and also, it's like five different trucks come together to form this one. I can't oh, remember a Devastator. Uh, which also is probably her, which is yeah. probably a hermaphrodite as well because it also it brings a whole new it's got the vagina dentata thing going on. Or oh. it turns into a huge vortex of spinning teeth oh, so that's, to okay. scare. It, yeah, I mean it really it's it is playing with that IO nine review. I mean we might say there are these psychosexual um fears being played out with this thing. But it also can't the movie can't decide what the MacGuffin is. At one point it's and seriously, this is the logic of it. The government's going to shut the, shut down because they say, you know, the Decepticons are here just hunting Autobots. But the government also, by the way, has the, the AllSpark Shard. So, gee, wouldn't that same guy saying this who says, by the way, we've got the AllSpark Shard. Log-. Really? The AllSpark Shard that makes more Decepticons? Hmm. You don't think that's what they're looking for? How stupid are you? And and Sam just ha- stupid enough. And Sam has one, and then when they get to get that, then they say no, they're out for more energon. Then they're out for this other thing, and it's just like it just keeps changing what their what their goal is, and it's it bounces around from idea to idea, and. Everybody looks but really tanned and really sweaty <laughs> and shiny. Megan Fox literally is like one. When she's first introduced, she is one with this motorcycle that she is airbrushing a devil girl well, that's, that's, gu- a that's devil the signature
1: shot. Is the, yeah. In the first one, it was her underneath the hood of the car, yes. right? Well, yes. her
3: signature shot here is you don't know where the shiny, sexy motorcycle with the devil girl on it and the devil girl airbrushing <laughs> the devil girl, where it begins and ends. You just know, huh. But in what you know, I know you know it also cares. It's like Megan Fox is the hot girl who's insecure that maybe Sam is going to leave her. Yeah, really? Have you <laughs> looked at yourself? Have you looked at him? Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I
0: actually. Uh, so the the NPR interview I heard was talking about how Hasbro was making these specifically to revamp the toy lines. Yes, and again, we can bring it full circle with the Marvel thing. Marvel is doing it wrong because they are not bringing new generation into the comics.
3: Right. However, the Transformers movie are bringing new generations to the toy line.
0: to the toy lines. And, I mean, that is, that is the big difference. That is why but, Marvel sucks.
3: But this summer, you're going to get Transformers, which is going to outrage parents. Now, seriously, the Transformers animated, which is really called Transformers animated, the little mm-hmm. cartoon, the Sun Cartoon Network, I'm okay with that. It may be dumb. But it's not offensive. There's nothing I have to worry about, and it's all this. Way. I'm finally like, in fact, one of the things I didn't like about this was that there's uh there's a Decepticon, one of the few I recognized being different than the other Decepticons, not black, who looks and I can't think of. Sorry, I'm letting my son down, who's not listening, but um one of the who looks like one of the Autobots from the Transformers animated series. Okay, who's an army truck, and it's my son's favorite. Oh yeah, Autobot, and they don't name it. It's like. But he's a bad guy in this one. Why'd you do that? Why did someone let Michael Bay do that? Now they've already announced they're going to do Transformers three. It sets up a Transformers three. I will give it I'll give it all props that it doesn't feel like an awkwardly inserted trilogy thing. It's just more like the way they used to do it. A bad guy gets away. So, you know, it's not over. Vader's thing flows, yeah. flies off. But I don't or need or... to see Eternal. But Michael Bay has already said he's not going to do Transformers. So at the end 3. of the first
1: movie, Starscream got away. Starscream yeah. got away. Has that set up this one at all, or is that just in
3: consequence? Uh, he shows up about halfway through. Okay, so. And I'm like, wow. Guys, what's going on? <laughs> I'm back. And Megatron says, you left me to die. And I'm like, Ugh. yeah, seriously, for about an hour of the film, I was sitting there going, wait a minute, wasn't the sequel set <laughs> exactly. up that Starscream was going to lead all this? And wow, I remember Starscream. This is how, you know, I mean, really, I was not all that enthralled, but it was like, when Optimus Prime finally appears, because I don't know any of the other characters at all, I'm like, I'm like, yay, a little thrill. Optimus Prime, finally, a character I recognize. <laughs> so he's handing out uh,
1: programs in the. Uh,
3: <laughs>
1: can't tell your Autobots <laughs> without a program.
0: You can't, you can They got the little cutouts, you have to match them up to the screen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, hey. <laughs> James Book of Autobots. <laughs> <laughs> so. An auto says, bond so <laughs> I, you know what? I'm
3: all for Transformers three if Michael Bay has nothing to do with it. And I'm all for it, any movie. Who should do it has if anything. Michael Bay has, has nothing to do with it? Who should do it? I don't know, but somebody who who understands that it's supposed to be a franchise for children. Lars Von Trier. Yes. <laughs> Great. Let's do it. The dog <laughs> about style. six and a half hours <laughs> long, <laughs> and it would just be <laughs> uh, pardon, Optimus Prime going. Uh, while well, people throw fish at him. And to be fair, we'd probably get Udo Kerr. So. <laughs> Udo Kerr is like cheese. He makes everything better. <laughs> yes. Uh, it used to be like monkeys, but now, no. Um, like monkeys. So anyway, I, I read about and And if Hasbro's doing that, then if G.I. Joe is as bad as... Oh, I as really it looks, think it's going to be worse. Have you seen the
0: 20 minutes? No, no, there's 20 minutes online leaked. You know, I'm going
3: to say something. My life is too short right now to have to sit through that 20 minutes twice. (laughs) So I may
0: see what
1: Chris says about the 20 minutes.
0: I think that it is going to win one of the slots for best picture. Now that there are ten. Now one of the <laughs> ten
3: best slots. No, I did this to uh, – here's a shout-out to Jordan Rosa. I put on his thing that, that, was, that there were ten slots so that Revenge of the Fallen would have one. <laughs> and then I wrote an apologetic update saying, I know it was wrong of me, but that was designed to give you an aneurysm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, it's disgustingly bad. Um, there is absolutely no inflection to the dialogue. And I this is something you can always blame the director on.
3: Um, oh, no, I am learning that more. The more we've seen good actors being directed by directors that suck. Yes. Um, Steven Summers. Um, uh, oh, that's, yeah, that's, guy, that's not even a joke. You that's, know, the guy, that's the guy yeah, does yeah. George Lucas. Um, it even works Sam Mendes. Away We Go. Oh, I haven't seen Away We a Go yet. A waste
0: of two fantastic actors. Okay.
3: Well, maybe I don't need to see that now, but that's uh, you, okay. You
0: probably should. It has moments, but just painful. Hmm. But, yeah, the 20 minutes are, they feel like an hour yeah okay and yeah and, and how many
1: times did you watch it twice
0: <laughs> wow you've just got way too much time on your hands i watch it between twilight screenings
3: <laughs> a student loaned me new moon today <laughs> <laughs> so i have to read new moon this weekend uh <laughs> oh. So, um, Rick is judging us and I I don't blame him. No, you have been judged. (laughs) Oh, and not even silently. I heard that little, he's going to be on Sunday editing in sound effects to make it just like somehow, can he express the anger? Maybe, maybe there's that little, I have a sound of all the air leaving the room. (laughs) (laughs) I can't do that, Dave. You know, something, if only he could airlock us out. Um, yeah, and, and Chris just alluded to the Academy of Motion Picture Television, not Television Science uh, Academy Ac- of Motion, Motion Picture Pictures, Arts and, Arts and, and Sciences. sciences. AMPAS announced today that next year's Oscars will have ten Best Picture nominees instead of five.
0: This is a return to their methods in the '30s. They had ten that they would nominate. Um, again, but nobody watched the award and, show and, in the '30s.
1: And the Oscar show
3: will be six hours long. You know, I don't. See, the, uh, many have made that joke already, but I don't think that that's going to lengthen the show. No, no, no. I mean, you just do ten, set up clips. They no, they shots they, of the they didn't even do set up clips last year. They, you know, I thought they did. Uh, oh, sure, they, they, they did. It wasn't near, I thought it
0: was uh, like a minute before the commercial. It may have been. Yeah. But it was.
3: not you have all those commercial breaks? Go ahead and show me a minute before each commercial break. That's fine. I'm okay with that. I don't have. I, I, you know, yes, it may add five minutes because of more nominees being in the audience that you have to sh- have to find. So, but people, so we're going to get like Harold and Kumar take Manhattan right before <laughs> we go to commercial break. Oh, by the way, Harold and Kumar's third film has been announced. Really? Yes. <laughs> Did I get it? When, uh, no,
0: it's not take Manhattan. Um, Harold and Kumar. <sighs>
3: We are, we are totally failing. It's not get
0: married, but it's something along those lines.
3: Uh, something, but yeah, it is scheduled to be shot. Uh, they've already set, scheduled shooting for a week after uh, Cal Penn's uh, time with Barack Obama's administration is up. He has a wow. two-year contract and they are ready for him to make his triumphant <laughs> return from, <Wow. laughs> from serving our country to make another Harold and Kumar film, <laughs> which I'd say is like serving our country. Well, that works for James Carville. I did. I have. I have. I, I. But you know what? I. The thing is. I did. I, the both those movies made me laugh. They did. I can't. I can't. The think. second more than the first. The, I liked the second one first. Uh, yes, I. I liked the second one better. But I also think because it's a comedy that really just actually is like the current administration, actually a reflection of the face of America. Yes. Angry. Angry. Very very. Broke. Angry. Angry, <laughs> angry and broke. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. Like Bucky Barnes. Uh, so, uh, we also heard that, uh, well, the 10 best picture thing is probably so that we can get a couple more of the big box office uh, thing- things, you know. So, not Revenge of the Fallen, but there might be a, a crowd pleaser science fiction it's movie or something. for more pictures
1: to be able to say nominee, yeah. and then everybody, ha- you get the people who will go out and watch yeah, all the you know, nominees. You know what pictures.
3: makes me like, is what is, again, and maybe this is my sarca- you know, when people, like, I, again, like my problem with Transformers isn't its stupidity; it's the inappropriateness for its for its target audience or who I perceive to be the target audience. Because I can't imagine that Transformers Generation One was really that great source material in the first place. So, the thing with award shows like this is, I know it's nice to think that it's about art, but it's still it's not. It's not show art; it's show business. So I'm okay with saying, you know, yeah. It's not who it was last you know. year. It was last year that did it. No, it is who you know.
0: If you look at it, that what didn't get nominated and ended up on the top ten list: Iron Man, uh, but also things like Ra- Rachel getting married, the wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, they there was legitimately last year would have been a good year to have ten slots. Uh, this and Zach year, and
3: Mary make a porno?
0: It's very true. I watched that the other day. That
3: is a funny movie. It Have is. you watched it yet? No, I haven't. It's you need to fun. watch it. I, I do need to watch because it. because I went into that going. I'm tired of Kevin Smith. And then I laughed.
0: And he didn't make for, a Kevin Smith movie.
3: He didn't. He, I laughed from beginning to end. It, a couple of pieces, parts of it, felt like Kevin Smith movies. Partially the inclusion of of uh, Randall from Clerks as a major character. Mm. Uh, not I, as Randall, but he acted actually yeah. acted as a different character. So I was fine with that it too. Worked. It worked. It, worked. Yeah. it was okay. a, it was a very funny movie and. I wasn't dissing it.
0: No, I know, but I'm no, saying. No, I know. We're just saying. Yeah,
3: that's genius. That it's actually a very okay. it, it, that is a movie that from so now I, we're going to look back on and say, "Well, you that guys was a pack lot up my equipment. I'm going to go watch it." Okay. <laughs> I also caught up and watched "Drag Me to Hell" last weekend. What'd you think? I really enjoyed "Drag Me to Hell."
0: I've heard a lot of people say it was great,
3: proving that you can make a hor- a very effective horror film with a PG-13. Okay. Sam Raimi is the only director alive who can make a floating handkerchief into the scariest object of terror you can imagine. He does it very well. Wow. Sam
1: Raimi can be genius. I like and and it's
3: the Sam Raimi that I like, not the Sam Raimi that sort of Spider-Man. made Spider-Man.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, or in the name of the game. Uh, for, for the love, love of the game. For love of the game, Ugh. I didn't see that.
3: Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it's the Sam Raimi who made Evil Dead. And and that's the guy I like. That's the director yeah. who – Or he, Darkman. Or Darkman who in, who impresses me and intrigues me. dark man that's another one going to come back. So um, something that got pushed back, you said, I hadn't caught this, that the Green Lantern film adaptation. Yeah, Green adaptation?
0: Lantern movie has been pushed back to, I think, February uh, 2011. Um, so Wait, did you say February? February. They, have yeah.
3: a, they haven't even begun shooting this film and they've <laughs> they already said, by the way, it's going to suck. <laughs> February, what I like to call the Daredevil Ghost Rider slot. <laughs> the... Uh, I, I, that's not a joke, though. When those were, those were, no, I believe you. Those were open. Ob- they was yeah. were to open. Those were Valentine's Day. They're like, oh, we got Valentine's Day, and that's supposed to be a good thing. I'm like, no, it's February. No, it's bad. Yeah. It's bad. Ghost Rider was horrible. Yeah, it was horrible. I, uh, so yeah, in, so in a way that I'd like to um, sit around with fanboy planeteers and maybe have a glass of wine, a lot of popcorn, and just rip the crap out of it. And we might have a good time. Can I just watching send it my that silhouette?
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> and lean, lean me up in front of the. TV okay,
3: end. you can send your silhouette, but Debbie has to sit in. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. But
0: yeah, six months pushed back. Um, they just announced Nathan Fillion. What? Yeah. Am I the only one who reads Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern? <laughs> what? Really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, haven't seen that on a <laughs> single website. Oh. Wow! Where did you see that? I saw that on... Actually, Linda pointed it out to me. Linda being Chris
3: Garcia, Yes, the girlfriend. lovely and talented Linda. She is lovely and talented. I don't know what she's doing with you,
0: but... <laughs> You're not the first to say that. You won't, I won't be, be the, the last.
3: last. <laughs> uh, two words.
1: Head injury. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. Oh!
0: You've known her longer than I have, so that's possible.
3: Yeah.
1: I'm not finding anything All right. on
3: it. No. I, that's, he's rumored. I have never... There was a fan trailer. There was a fan trailer that made... It was they, awesome. They really, ...that a lot of people have been saying... Nathan Fillion should do it. Really? Yeah, there's nothing. The, I'm searching The Nathan big thing, Fillion, the big thing is, and I got to admit, Nathan Fillion is a little older than people think he is. Yeah, he's like 43,
0: 44?
3: Uh, not quite. Yeah, I was going to go with late 30s. I don't okay. think he's in his 40s. But when you're trying to build what is, again, a trilogy because that's what everything is, yeah. uh, they don't want to cast somebody too old who's going to age out. Although, see, Robert Downey Jr. did prove you can take that risk with Iron Man. And I think that I would agree, Nathan Fillion would be the... Until I saw that fan trailer, I hadn't thought of him for it. Yeah. No, the big one they were talking about was Bradley Cooper, which hurt me.
0: Hurt me really badly. I actually hated Bradley Cooper until The Hangover. Oh, really? I still hate him. I loved him in The Hangover.
3: Because I don't think there's anything actually morally redeeming about
0: that character. That's exactly why I like
3: him. I... I, Sorry. But, uh, yes,
0: I found the release date note on a... Movie, I think it's movie dates. Whatever I could that believe is.
3: that, but I don't. Yes. Oh, you bet, are you going to show the trailer to him? Ooh, yeah,
0: let's see this trailer.
3: It is a well done trailer. I already like it. Here it is. With the green wow, is like, symbol.
0: Uh, two girls, one cup. Here, Ooh, we're recording our reaction. We're not filming this. <laughs> wow, this is pretty freaking amazing.
2: to find you what, <laughs> what is that well, I have to tell you you seem not you. the ring okay. has chosen you
0: Hal Jordan the green left you. see there's a problem right there it's Hal Jordan why well, is it a problem
1: good, but I want no Guy Gardner. What's the uh, Star Trek music in the background? Is that really? Yeah, from the movie.
3: I gotta see Star Trek again. I'm gonna... Star
1: Trek's
0: great. I gotta get the soundtrack. Oh my god, that's great.
1: Shivers. Yeah.
3: I know, this is probably the best fan trailer I've ever seen. Yeah, easily. Tomorrow
2: you will fall. You are capable of deciding your own destiny. The <laughs> oh, that's great.
0: By the way, what's a Chipmunk member of the Green Lantern Corps?
3: Chip. Chip. That's H apostrophe C-H-apostrophe-P-P. You've got this This
2: superpower, not a superpower. Call it what you want name, but that sure how it sounds like some superhero captain
3: that type pants pushing to me,
1: man. That's good. I could easily see somebody <laughs> watching that and thinking. Yeah,
3: now, when I see f- fan trailers like that, and I don't know if you're going to edit, how are you are going to edit I don't thing? know how I'm going to edit this okay. either. Well, we took a we took a little break here so that Rick could show Chris Garcia the Greenland fan trailer that probably sparked this rumor of Nathan Fillion that Chris was is reporting to us. When I see a fan, not that we'd have a problem with it, but no, uh, no. But when I see a fan trailer like that, now, okay, maybe this guy can. Uh, and it's obviously edited from other films. I'll put the as well. link to
1: this trailer in the little notes notes that are oh, on the be, Fanboy Planet site. That'd to, be great.
3: Uh, yeah. That'd be great. That would be great. <laughs> but when I see that, I go, there are. F- there are fans with resources and passion and i believe the technology. potentially do they have the storytelling ability and i see i see a trailer like that and i go that kid kid whoever that was i don't know who made that he should have a shot at making a superhero film he yeah. understand my fear is well of course anybody can put a trailer together of the great of of the greatest moments can you make those link together as a story right you know i i so but did I see that and I go, that's, because the other thing, the bad side It's like Mark Steven Johnson, we mocked there with the Daredevil Ghost Rider uh, slot in February, is he definitely was someone who could make a trailer that could show you the, make you go, I want to see Daredevil. Right. I want to see Ghost I Rider. I want to see Greystone. I really want to. Uh, Greystoke? Gr- not, uh, Grayson. Le- Grayson. Grayson. I want to see Grayson. Yeah. Although actually, but that and guy. That like, what, 12 years old now? Yeah, I've shown my son Grayson. That's really cool. But the thing with Grayson was actually – I think I can – I don't know if I can tell the story. But some – I did talk to an executive. I've talked to a studio executive who brought that guy in on the strength of Grayson and was thinking – and his his production company was talking, wanted to hire him to make a superhero film. They asked him, do you have a full-length script? Uh, of some kind that you'd like to shoot. He had a full length script for Grayson. Oh my! However, it was also it it was an almost incompre apparently an almost incomprehensible story. This is alleged. This is like third hand. So please, I don't. I'm not trying to libel anyone. It was a almost incomprehensible story that involved characters from every comic book company that he'd ever read a comic book from. He didn't understand things like uh. trademark, copyright. And that you'd have to pay for the rights for this. So I don't know. That sounds kind of uh, strangely apocryphal. Yeah,
1: because he doesn't use anybody but in, the stuff in the trailer. I know. I know. But he
3: said that that was coming in. That that was like it was going to yeah. a- end with it. You know. But it was. Yeah. But also, it may have just been too many characters. I see that, and I, that trailer, and what I think the script uh, is. What I read from Mark Guggenheim, I think, is the writer uh, of, the, of the screenplay, and Martin Campbell, one of the. Um, James Bond directors is directing Green Lantern, oh. uh, so I think competently done at the very least, and I'm fine with that. Give me give me a journeyman director with a solid script that gives me the best of what I want. Is that, I think they're doing like Chris said. The only problem with it is how Jordan. It's not he wants Guy Gardner, but I think Guy Gardner is somebody. Is that's a sequel? I would add to this: you need a director who's
1: enthusiastic because I think that's the differentiating factor. J.J. Yeah. Abrams wanted a, he wanted to make his as a fan, he wanted to make his.
3: Mark Steven Johnson Star wanted Trek. to make Daredevil and Ghost Rider. He was very enthusiastic. I will never besmirch the guy's enthusiasm for the uh-huh. project. So you need a director who's enthusiastic. You can still fail. But talented. But if And if, if you make an interesting failure, I'm okay with that. Uh, and I'm sure there are some. Like, you know, I think even as much as I don't like Keanu Reeves in it, Constantine is an interesting yeah. hmm. failure. Because I love Lucifer in that movie, I think that, and oh, yeah. I and I love uh, what's her name, Gabriel, it, yeah, yeah G- the angel Gabriel, Shia LaBeouf, another strange Shia LaBeouf That's film, right. not all that impressive in that film. I've seen him in other things, but oh, good, but noise. you know, so yeah, I a passionate. I'll see a good, a, yes, he was a good <laughs> failure, but uh, I'm excited for that Green Lantern film based on the basis of a trailer that isn't even the right trailer, <laughs> and I'm like, yes, if you do that right, it could be so fascinating. Yeah, it could be interesting and. And it's up against if you put Sinestro in the first one, Troy Benson from the top. We go flashback years ago. Troy Benson asked me because we've been friends for a long time, would you do what would you do for a Green Lantern trilogy? Because everything has to be. And I said, I, I do know exactly. Do the origin. You do the origin for movie one, right? You maybe throw in Sinestro. You throw. You need and, to have a villain. Maybe that's early enough. And then the second, the second one is where you actually introduce as they originally did. He didn't know in the earliest stories. He didn't know about the Guardians. The guardians were there, right, but he didn't right, right. know about them. They kept wiping his mind of their existence. The second movie, you take, you've shot Sinestro, you defeated him. You go into court. I see. You, I, you throw I,
1: I, him I'll differ, I'll of differ court. with you because I think the the modern story is much better. Where Sinestro was his trainer. Oh no, I agree with that. I think that's which a, is that's what a First Flight story. is going to do. Yeah. The Greenland,
3: the animated film, which I'm very excited for. Greenland Lantern First Flight with uh, Chris Maloney as Hal Jordan and Victor Garber as Sinestro. And they're both odd choices, and yet I think probably oddly right. Okay. You know, so I'm really looking forward to that. We should move on, because we're
1: like. Time and a half.
3: Oh, okay. A time and a half. Oh. Well, you know, they released uh, Tim Burton, Alice in Wonderland picks this week. Those so we were get pretty. to see Johnny They're Depp very pretty. as as the Mad Hatter. I like the fact that all those pictures look like something, something blasted through whatever
1: gate or yes. whatever it was like something like
3: it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, what happened here? The, especially the Helena Bonham Carter uh, Red Queen. Yes, with, <laughs> with a giant <laughs> head. With a giant head. Oh, I didn't uh, see that picture. I and, saw two, two Anne Hathaway landscapes. as the White Queen, yeah, and then I saw a couple of landscapes too. Yeah, um, I had not realized that it was. It's like the American McGee game, and so yes. there's been confusion. I'd heard that people going, "Oh, that was American McGee's one," and no, that one's still out there with Wes Craven somewhere being developed. This is Alice ten years after the events of Alice in Wonderland, returning, and so something has blasted through, yeah. and changed everything for them. So, uh it'll be interesting to see. Uh I I I'm not I'm honestly not quite sold on the Johnny Depp look. But then it's Johnny Depp, so I know it's like I may not be sold on it and he's going to sell me on it when I finally see him. So the funny the thing is
1: I looked at that and I thought immediately of um uh, the, the book series. Uh, of uh, the, um,
3: of uh, the Looking Glass Wars? The Looking Glass Wars. Well, see, and then there's that there's that sad thing. That guy wants to make the movie yeah. of Looking Glass Wars. Maybe there'll be a whole I subgenre of. The movie of, of The Looking Glass of, Wars. Uh, yeah. Maybe there'll be a subgenre of, of Alice, uh, Alice Redos, you know? Um, but.
0: I kind of don't think so.
3: I, I, well, if you, if they still go through with American McGee's, if Flash if yeah. Game still does that Alice, which is a very dark, horrific mm-hmm. uh, version, and and this maybe, and then Looking Glass Wars is a sci-fi version of
0: Alice in Wonderland. I think could I would act, the one I'd love to see more than anything is Jeff Noon's uh, the Automated Alice. Uh, which is also a science fiction Alice telling hmm. uh, English fantastic, absolutely fantastic.
3: Okay, so Have to look that up, we'll see if there will be. Well, if, if nothing else, that'll be a good book recommendation. We don't, I we don't books. recommend books enough. Um, I and, think
1: books are wonderful. Thank I do too. too.
3: Jinx, <laughs> you Coke. me Damn it! Uh, so I also should mention that tickets are now on sale on, uh, on Broadway for Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark. February tenth, two thousand ten, on Broadway to open in February is not a bad thing. So it is not like the film thing. So uh, there, the, the casting has begun. They're undergoing, and God only knows if this. I, I'm so scared. Did you for this. watch
1: the Bono and uh, Edge? <laughs> yeah, I talk. It was a it on
3: Fanboy Planet. Like, <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> well, you know, my only fear is is my. I do like U two, but I don't. It's it's the rare U two song that I go, wow that's different than every other u2 yeah. song and i'm afraid of the of the they musical like one being their album. It, well, it sounds different? yeah. okay. well if they've been saving up for like 5 years maybe <laughs> exactly. we'll have 5 because really a broadway musical probably only needs well i mean we know Angelo weber musicals get by with maybe 3 really good melodies that he goes over and over and over again. yeah. And hey, so they
1: could be surprising. I mean, if back when he was an Oingo Boingo, would you have said that Danny Elfman would be one of your favorite symphonic soundtracks? Or producers? Mark Mothersbaugh? Yeah. If
3: I may say, actually, yes. Really, I, I definitely thought that about Mark Mothersbaugh when when he first broke into that. I was like, no problem. and and Danny Elfman, because really, Oingo Boingo to me was always there was something very. Musical comedy. Neutral. No, I loved them. You know, there was something always very cinematic about that as a band. Uh, my, in fact, my only disappointment with uh, Danny Elfman's career since is that he hasn't written a musical that I find listenable, except for Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. He took the lyrics from. Rolled doll, but the but the songs he wrote for the Oompa Loompas, those are <laughs> awesome. And I want a musical, and he did write one that has never been produced.
0: Oh, I thought And, and,
3: a, and a, or maybe it was like one stage production, but in, like in L.A. And a student burned. There's no official album, and mm-hmm. she burned me the outtakes. I can't. Even, it was about a very dark story that is not going to be very popular. About two kids that are like kidnapped by a puppet show or something, and it's really dark. But the, but the songs are like, yes, that's really cool. I wanted to apply that to something mainstream. Hmm. I wouldn't be surprised for a Devo musical because Devo to me always was very – much more melodic than people gave them credit for. I was a very, very – am a very huge Devo fan. You am I correct that, that, boy. that both those I bands
0: know. had something to do with uh, Dr. Detroit? I know Devo
3: did. Devo I did. don't know. I've never seen Dr. Detroit. Dr. Detroit is actually well, a pretty good movie. Yeah, what, what did you confess you had never seen? Uh, Strange Brew. Strange Brew. <laughs> so, okay. I'll tell you what. We'll have homework <laughs> I've over I've seen both th- of them.
1: I'd go with Dr. Detroit. Over the-
0: oh, man.
1: Yes, I would. I am cut to the
3: core. <laughs> that is your knees being taken out from <laughs> under you. <laughs> Strange Brew is one of my all-time favorites, inexplicably so. I watch it now and go, that's really slow, but it's so funny in my memory. Okay, let's move on to television. Okay, uh, not much to say uh, because nothing's particularly happening. We know uh, that uh, what's his name, Zachary Levi, the star of Chuck, did mm-hmm. confirm in an interview this week that uh, that the way that they're I like the confirmation here. It's like, Whoa, what's the news? What's the news? <laughs> uh, he's coming back for a third season. Yeah, uh, and that, what uh, else is it? What people have said is they obviously the way for since. Uh, They have their budget cut. A way to get money is Subway's paying for advertisement by being – the yogurt shop will now be a Subway. Wow. So if you're going to go into Subway's hoping that Yvonne Strahatsky uh, is uh, working there. I'm going to go to all. (laughs) Suddenly (laughs) 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 Suddenly we are going to be – we're going to be eating at Subway all through 2010. Uh, (laughs) What a fantastic promotion that would be. (laughs) You know, if the Chuck cast actually right. somewhere in America, America is going to there win there is a, a,
1: a Subway, well, we're on. We'll serve you a sandwich. But you
3: know, in London, that's what happened. At A London fan convention, <coughs> uh, Zachary Levi, and I can't remember who else was with him. Uh, they were at a convention talking about Chuck, and they they took the panel out to Subway, and they bought everybody Subway sandwiches. Awesome. And so, and that's kind of sparked in NBC's mind. Well, maybe we should go and up that connection. Uh, you know, because it already had the sponsorship. So anyway. oh, you're right.
1: I mean, we were talking before about
3: uh, and why didn't Best Buy get in on that too? I just think that too much mayhem and incompetence happens at the Buy More for that to reflect well on Best Buy. Sounds like a day at Best Buy to me. Where, <laughs> well, yeah, that may be an actuality, but that's not the image they want to put out. Good point. And and the thing is, at Subway, if you want to believe that there's a there's a super cool spy headquarters underneath your footlong uh, <laughs> red red rack, that's okay.
0: That sounded so dirty. It really wasn't meant to be. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I
3: only made it. To I here. am but a knave. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, and we talked about last week that Neil Patrick Harris is going to guest star on, uh, uh, Brave, the and the Bold, on Brave and the Bold. NPH as uh, as the yeah. music man, which is another reason why I want the third Harold Kumar film because Neil Patrick Harris only gets cooler as he gets older. <laughs> <Yes>. uh, <laughs> so he's going to be. But they they did announce this week that. Uh, that the hero that will be fighting the music Meister with uh, with Batman the will Pied be, Piper will be Aquaman. Oh, so uh, we'll, oh, sorry, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. The hero, b- yes, the hero. Although maybe the Pied Piper will be there. I, who knows? All the music. I think that they were kind of like they couldn't get the rights to any individual. Um, musical villain because there are some there's Pied Piper there's uh, the, the, the the minstrel the fiddler the fiddler the fiddler yeah. you know and, and so it's just like when they did that um, I always want to say Bauhaus, house fun house because you know it's spelled H-A-U-S right um, <laughs> the house would be a very, very <laughs> different <laughs> villain. Fun house, but it was like they couldn't quite decide if they wanted to do Toy Man or the Joker, so they combined them to create Funhouse. House. Um, because to- actually, just Toy Man. Somehow was- creepier than both. Yes. yes. I-, I don't know how they do it. That's why I love that show. Creepier yeah. and still child safe. Yes. See? transform. See, Michael Bay? You can make something appeal to adults and still make it appropriate for children. I'm going to be ranting about this also. You will. I can hear I'm you. I'm sorry. Go. You can't. Driving home. Just Speaking talking to yourself. Uh, Michael
0: i uh, ah! I'm going to start throwing grilled cheese sandwiches. Through the, the island. Yeah.
3: Grilled <laughs> cheese. What? Yes. I want a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm I being star- <laughs> I'm being jet streamed now. <laughs> I want that do Okay. Um, anyway. Uh, what just happened? I don't know. <laughs> so, well, not appropriate for children, but but worth watching anyway. Uh, on DVD this week, Eastbound and Down, the uh, HBO series, which is actually – a movie, basically, even though it's divided into six parts and has credit sequences for each. It's really one episode ends and the next episode begins at the, the exact same point the previous episode left off. So it's like, like a two-and-a-half-hour dark comedy uh, uh, about a, a a baseball player who's fallen on hard times, a total loser, very unlikable, cannot understand that his own personality is what has led him to where he is and how the havoc he wreaks on his... Sm- his hometown, returning and wanting to be a hero. Danny McBride, starring, So uh, Will, produced by Will Ferrell. So from a team that has given us some really good films and some really bad films, uh, but uh, still, s- still really, really interesting character study. I, I laughed and felt horrible about it. And as I was feeling horrible, just how the evil things were coming out, then I watched the extras. And the things they cut, I'm like, oh, thank God they cut that. <laughs> you know, so so um, I want to give a thumbs up to it. It's Aren't there more movies? There are movie, more extras
1: coming out on DVDs where you go, that was a good cut. Oh, yeah. No, yeah it used to be why did cut. But I want to say, in? no,
3: no, on this, I laughed at all the things sure. they cut. But I was like, yeah, um, I need to already be a fan and want to see that. If that had been in the show, no way would anybody have watched past the second episode. Yeah. Uh, so – but a really good I really good, good good series and uh, so I want to give a thumbs up to that this week thank you HBO the magic mailbox delivered me eastbound and down we got wrestling news because we got Chris Garcia here yeah we got
0: two kind of medium-sized stories give me a medium-sized story uh the first one is uh do you want to be super a- size one? Huh? no me? I just want a quarter pound uh we have a uh, a death, of course, in wrestling, because it wouldn't be a week talking about wrestling without someone dying. But it was someone who was old. He was in his 70s. A wild Red Berry, a longtime Canadian star. Wasn't that a Kool Aid flavor? Yes, at one point. Okay. Yes, in fact. Um. A, a good wrestler but never one of the big stars. But he was beloved in Toronto. So Okay. Well, <laughs> Beloved in Toronto. Yes, That's so the name of a movie. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, the other thing is that... <laughs> <laughs> uh, quickly, uh, register that with the screen. Beloved in Toronto. <laughs> Tom Hanks, <laughs> ba- Meg Ryan. Ba- da- ba- da. Um, but uh, then uh, two releases from the WWE. Uh, yeah. Candace Michelle, a uh, personal favorite, former Playboy Playmate. Uh, Go, the Go Daddy Girl. Uh, for, oh okay yeah yeah uh, she a fantastic wrestler as far as the women goes uh, got injured became injury prone uh, started to let herself go apparently and just couldn't maintain the look and so she was kicked out she had almost turned 30 which is a crime in wrestling now uh, she
1: was the one in the go get go Daddy commercial with the strap that uh, broke yes oh,
0: okay.
3: yes yeah. so some infamy last year Super Bowl right? Years um, didn't ago. they run the GoDaddy commercials two years ago on Super- the Super Bowl? was it two ago? or three, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was very controversial.
0: Yes. And at first they didn't show it, and then they showed another version. Yeah. Okay. She was a celebrity for like a week. Well, um, but that's more than most of us can say.
3: Well, certainly. And she's burned out at 30. Well, yeah,
0: go figure. Well, at least she was a once. once. Yes. But then okay. they also fired Sim Snooka, who was. Uh, one half of the greaser tag team of Deuce and Domino, and then they revealed that he was the son of Jimmy Snuka, which he was, okay. and uh, he's just not very good, so they got rid of him. Well, okay. See, I don't have a problem with that story. No, that story is fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What
3: are the wrestling news do you want to offer up here? They
0: also got rid of uh, the whole. So Donald Trump supposedly purchased RAW last week, and uh, I somehow missed all of that. Yes, and uh, so he purchased RAW. Mm-hmm. And they had a big build-up for this week's, this Monday's, where there were going to be no commercials on Raw. Uh, they actually did a bit, which was an honest bit, where they uh, refunded all the everyone who was at the show's money uh, as a sign of the new spectacular owner Donald Trump. And then they completely blew it off. They got rid of it in one week uh, instead of actually building it over a long period. They just hot-shotted it. They got a big rating of four point five, which is well. I'm
3: ask something honestly. How long could Donald Trump and and Vince McMahon's egos stay in the same room? Haven't they been involved before? Though? They have been involved yeah. before. At WrestleMania, yes, two I years know. Ago. But I mean, what I, what I mean is, I, I guess that they can for short amounts of time mm-hmm. they can stand each other for business purposes. But a long push seems to be a lot to be asking of both of the of those men and their sense of who they are. My theory say.
0: is it has to do with how big a star Trump is. Um, that Vince and Trump could work really well when Trump was a really big star and Vince was getting a lot more out of it. And now Trump has fallen on hard times. He's barely kept keeping his casinos. Uh, he's not. Oh, really?
3: He's not a trillionaire anymore. He's just a billionaire. So.
0: He's not even a billionaire, I don't think. I think he's even leveraged down to like a negative position or something like that. Um, he's, he's not in good financial shape. And he's also not.
3: He still has more money than me.
0: Well. Yes, but so do I. That's not true. No, it's not. <laughs> um, so that, you know, since he wasn't as big a star, there's no need to keep him around. And that it just, you know, huh. came in and out. But, you know, the show, I thought the show on Monday was dull. Uh, there were a couple of nice little moments, but. Hackneyed
3: and banal, would you say?
0: I would say on a mediocrity scale of one to ten, it was a five. I wonder
1: if those terms have ever been used to describe wrestling before. <laughs>
3: Hackneyed and banal. You first. Well, I, if you realize that the uh, New Yorker did used to have a wrestling column. Yes. And, oh, okay. They did, actually. So, so <laughs> I can't be too sarcastic. Something, <laughs> Wow. Yes, because... Vanity and, Fair, when they covered it. And uh, let the, us remember
0: who was always in the front row at Madison Square Garden. Andy Warhol for 20 years. But that doesn't surprise me. You
3: say something like that, Andy Warhol was all about the kitsch.
0: What about G. Gordon Liddy?
3: That doesn't surprise me either. That's a man who barbecued his own hand. <laughs> and probably the hands of several others yeah, that we haven't heard crazy. about yet. Yeah, yeah, so. I've been in the front row of wrestling.
0: Really? Yeah. I like that. I've like. i sat in the
3: front row. I've never been to a wrestling match. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we've got the right chairs and the right <laughs> table. I know. There was a split second where I, I, I was analyzing that, going, too bad nobody can see this. And on the other hand, I'm about to get chairs. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's gonna
0: throw a chair shot. That would be awesome.
3: <laughs>
0: and Goodson we. So where be. are we on the agenda? We're, We're at, at the end. end. Wow. Jinx!
3: I think you named a podcast. <laughs> anyway, so if you have any questions, comments, complaints, criticisms, right? If right you you t- said <laughs> Jinx, homie oh coke time. at the same time. All right, Stephanie, I'll buy you a Coke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Write <laughs> it to editor at fanboyplanet.com. Uh, in the meantime, of course, we'll be co- join us next week. We'll have John Lehman, the writer of the critically acclaimed image comic Chew. Chew. He's going to come Chew. in. He's doing a signing. So if you hear this on Sunday, probably this is when it will be downloaded. So July 1st, John Layman will be here signing from 630. Be Wednesday,
1: July 1st. Wednesday, first. July 1st. Coming in. Come on in down. To
3: Elusive Comics and Games 2725, El Camino Real. Bring Street your questions. We'll make this an event. Wait, now you're talking over my talk what the address is. People don't I know. Am. Uh, He's going to be signing... Say it again. (laughs) I won't talk over you. Wow. Call me Michael Goodson. Lon, we need you back. Because when Rick tries to fill the void, it just it hurts me. 2725... What were you saying, Derek? 2725... El Camino Real, Suite 104, Santa Clara, California. He'll be signing from 630 to 830. Uh... That's primetime. Yes, yeah, so in between signings, he's going to come over, and I confirmed this with him on Facebook today. they will come in and sit down on on our podcast as well. So we're pretty excited to have that. And so that's next week. In the meantime, and, and before and always, I am Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I'm Chris
0: Garcia, six-time Hugo nominee, four-time loser.
3: Yes. And I'm Rick
1: Brett Snyder, reminding you to Use your, use powers, your powers only for good. good. Or Indeed. your own benefit. And I never
2: did my man. I never and yeah.
1: And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast.
2: Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com.
3: I trust you have a pen. Yeah, but I'm mean, I not have ink in it. I can to get a for it.
0: Get so. your cuttlefish.
3: Okay. Sadly, I followed that and went, yeah, that would be <laughs> He's use. spelling out with a d though." Oh, well. I could use one of those <laughs> too. The <laughs> terrifying to predator of the deep, the cuttlefish. <laughs> hugs, hugs, <laughs> hug <laughs> now.
0: All right
3: io9 did you read the io9 review today
0: oh my god charlie's genius
3: that was brilliant (laughs) that that transformers to transformers revenge of the fallen is a postmodern classic moving beyond beyond narrative or the need for narrative (laughs) how shia labeouf is is actually a representation of (laughs) man's fears of his own inadequacy i can't remember what what the other great theme was But the more, but the more I read it, I had and I put a comment and I don't know, you know, they've got to approve it because I'm just it was a guess. But I was like, wow, I hated this movie and now I think I read this movie, I was utterly wrong. It may have been (laughs) the greatest film ever made because it was so funny but so persuasive. Like, yes, yes, I, I could see that. (laughs) Normally, Mick Gray inks him, and it's not. It's it's What's
1: Sirens of Gotham City supposed to come out today. Yeah, it was sold
3: out. Uh, so I've got that he reordered. So you may, unless it's in your stack, cause no, the,
1: it's not one I usually buy
3: because it's not been out before. <laughs> Star of Chuck confirmed that uh, the yogurt shop is <laughs> going to become a Subway, and has no idea why. Why Best Buy didn't want to be where Buy More is now. I'm thinking the constant blowing up of the store might be one reason why Best Buy didn't want in on Would you go to that store just in case, just to
1: see it blow up? I might, but. Spider-Man 598, the pregnant uh, rage.
3: No, it's,
1: what the, ew. Ew. It turns wow. out that, that that mystery villain was actually yeah. the girl that Parker was dating.
3: or uh, Harry was da- dating. Harry was
1: dating, and she's pregnant now.
3: Grossest cover. Okay.
2: Good
1: call.
3: Yeah. Luke and I watched Commandy. the uh, yeah, it was Grave in the World Commandy.
1: But I liked the uh, Mr. Miracle opening for that one.
3: Oh, God. Was that two minutes? Totally. I'd say I want to – I don't know if I'd watch a Mr. Miracle series. I would definitely that, watch a but Miracle, that was, Miracle But that was totally – because Big Bart was pitchy. But I guess <laughs> there are some traps you can't get out of. <laughs> Where I'm thinking I'm – and I, I go back to – I I gotta remember if Goodson really says has given Brave <coughs> and the Bold a try, a fair trial, or did he watch one episode and think Batman was an asshole? Yeah, because yeah, he's kind of ish, But I also think there's like changes are happening. Like Batman's learning as much as nice. as the people he's he's working with But the he was, yeah, yeah, the Mister Miracle thing was great, and then and then and that's actually Troy yeah. Benson's question. Uh, is about, he wants background about Grodd. Of Gorilla Grodd? No. He wants to know, and I didn't print out the actual email, but the, the gist of it, I said, yes, I will ask this question on the podcast is, why is he always called Gorilla Grod? Is there some other Grod we're not aware of? <laughs>
0: That's a whole new series. And, 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 it's, and a certain, no, it's a
1: surname, and in his culture, the surname
3: comes no, first. It's not Gorilla Solivar. the only other one, member of Gorilla City I can think of. And actually, I'm brave and the bold. And when I, when I asked Diedrich Bader, like, what was your favorite, you know, what, favorite thing about the series? He said, We've got Super Gorilla Grodd. Like, there's a subsection of fans that consider that his name, Super,
0: Super Gorilla, Gorilla Grodd,
3: which, which is what the first time they referred to him on the series was when it was the Plastic Man episode was Super Gorilla Grodd. Yeah, and then. He do like Gorilla Grodd. Yeah.
1: Well, it's kind of odd that he introduces himself to a bunch of gorillas as gorillas and gr- Gorilla grot. I'm Gorilla Grodd. yes. And they're all going like, thanks.
3: Uh. <laughs> um, and, we, and we talked about the Neil Patrick Harris guesting on it last week. There's right. more, more news uh, on that. You
1: mentioned it and I've forgotten. Oh, the musical episode. The
3: musical episode, which will actually be ba- Batman and Aquaman. So and, oh, the way, of course. and the way Aquaman has been under the sea, the, I, yeah, but but the way I but the way they've been doing Aquaman on that show, I still see that that version of Aquaman thinking he's a fantastic singer. <laughs> <laughs> you just know that's coming. So <laughs> and he sings like a wounded
1: whale. <laughs> well, didn't <laughs> he? The Adam Strange
3: episode wasn't he doing that? He was singing the 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 forlorn so. song of the whales. So. <laughs> has Solomon Grundy Grandy up here? I don't think so. I don't think they've done a Solomon Grundy <gasps> episode. They did a scarecrow one, which was really nice, with uh with the Golden Age Flash, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, (laughs) Batman and Jay Garrick team to stop the scarecrow uh, from growing pumpkins that emitted fear gas, while the jack o' lanterns were going to on Halloween.
0: And more importantly, how soon before dilates for heroes? That's really all I care about. I
3: know. Well, okay. I want you to ask that question again because I have an answer for that. Cool. Okay. I don't have. Ooh, I hear me. I do as well. Yep. And wrestling
2: news. I've been recording this
1: all along. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, you fooled me again, Rick Fred Schneider. <laughs> oh, you're so now clever. Now I
1: start posing. <laughs>
3: Poop. Okay, you know what? If that's the worst, if that you can <laughs> come in <laughs> on that. You can just sit in for long for good. Because
1: that's not swearing. That's automatic. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Huh. Anyway, uh, yeah, we won't have long tonight because he's in line to see Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen at Century 21. I asked him, why that theater above all else? Well, because no. the AMC is a crappy experience.
0: 21 like, is the best theater in the Bay Area. Well, yeah, but I, see, but, but how is the AMC
3: crappy? I I, can, no, I, I I don't know. I just the don't AMC have Mercado? The AMC Mercado, yeah. The
0: AMC Mercado sucks. It's the, it's the population that attends it. Yeah. It's also the and ruin and, and
1: infects it or not let's see. Let's leaves their dander on it. Yes, that's a
3: very good I idea. have a okay, I was gonna also I could review Transformers on there, but I had a I had a, a bitch about audience members uh to, there at screenings. I have a new rule for summer movie going.
0: What's that? Yeah. What's the rule there? If
3: the movie ends but the title titles are going don't stand up until you're actually going to exit the theater. Right, 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 right. Don't just stand up and look and see who else is leaving. Oh,
1: the titles for Up were uh, no, uh,
3: well, yeah, Up were good.
1: Up were good. But you know who, what had great final titles that I had never heard about, and I only watched the movie just recently. Was Speed Racer? Yes, yes, really did. I One of the few like, things you can say. a Speed little, oh, watching
0: a little monkey. monkey no, movies? that's yeah. that's not true. I that,
3: I adored Speed Racer.
0: It gave me such a headache. And I, I usually, and for that reason, stuff. actually, I <laughs> double adore
3: Speed <laughs> I
1: watched it. I recorded it on my DVR, H, HBO, high def, Ooh. and it could not keep up. It it kept on rasterizing when when things were spinning really fast. A lot of stuff was happening on the screen. It
0: overloaded. So game. that means constantly, right?
1: Yeah, pretty well. Whenever there was a race, it was like
3: every, constantly. Yeah, you no, know, yes, and my wife could not see that movie because she knew. From Commercials alone, she was going to be throwing up every five minutes, so I took the kids by myself. I, I love that, but yeah, and I, but I've heard that from uh, people in LA that, that the height that you got to buy the HD DVD when you could or the Blu ray because, because it's, a, it's an entirely different experience visually yeah. than the regular DVD, which I do have. Yeah. So,
0: the uh, John says it's the uh, it's going to be thought of like Tron in 25 years. I,
3: I think uh, that's probably true. I love Tron. See, in one day you will love Speed Racer. Although, I will admit, Speed Racer could afford to lose about 20 minutes.
0: Yes. What, two hours and 14 minutes it was?
3: Yes. As opposed to Transformers, ready of the Fallen, two hours and 40 minutes.
0: <laughs> or just give me a lot more of Trixie. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. In all she, senses, there's one scene in there. I
3: needed more Chim Chim, less Spritel. But yes, <laughs> yeah. there's one scene in there where she
0: turns.
1: She's something. Something sly has happened, and she turns to to speed, and she's got the smile where her lip is coming up like this on one side. It's so cartoonish, yes. and it's just
3: beautiful. Well, that's she's why she such a lovely when she did it when she too. got the script, she was she, and she asked her friends, you know, should I do this? And they said. Well, you look like an anime girl, she anyway. Exactly does. She <laughs> really does. So, she's got a little
1: droopy eye. Uh,
3: yeah, I, I think Christina Ricci is is hot because she's right. interesting looking. Yeah,
0: she's gotten too thin.
3: I would agree with that as well. However, I, I mean, we we were talking about speaking of of Christina Ricci, and we I am thinking that I had Spider-Man: of The Dark. We even talked that they've announced an Adams Family Broadway musical. Oh, that's right. That's right. Nathan Lane is going to play Gomez.
1: Uh, that's good, that's a good it's choice. awesome casting yeah. that
3: alone I'm like hmm mm-hmm. and I'm going to say now they cast somebody else in the role but Lurch Derek Mears should play Lurch hmm.
0: Derek Mears Derek Mears Derek Mears
3: from Comedy Sports Jason in Friday the 13th
0: <laughs> yes okay I know exactly who you're talking about
3: you should you've seen him many times
0: no I've only seen him maybe once
3: you didn't see him I thought you'd seen many of the Bakersfield customers. so yeah 6'6 six six, com- yeah. or 6'7 completely hairless and he sings like an angel. <laughs> really, I'm going to out him right here in the outtakes. That uh, my my favorite ironic Derek Mears role because remember he's the alopecia, so mm-hmm. no actual body hair. Was he played Burger in the Bakersfield in, in the Cal State Bakersfield uh, production of Hair? <laughs> <laughs> One and two ducks, three squawking geese, four limer coisters, five corpus and porpoises, six pairs of as tweezers. Can you tell that I am teaching an improv class right now and have to do that as a warm-up every day? Right now, even as we speak? <laughs> even as we speak, I am. Okay. You're good. They might listen.
0: Chris, let's hear you. Shabadoo. My name is Christopher J. Garcia. I am a Hugo-nominated fan writer. And I love Terry Gross more than anything.
1: Okay, that's good.
0: And uh, I'm on
1: four. I'm on four. I'm on four, four. and four. I'm on shabadu. Shabadu. Let's turn down the high. Chris Garcia two. That would be Level up. Level
3: up. Ding. Ding. Okay. <laughs> Pew. I have five <laughs> lives left. <laughs> ready? Ding. I'm ready. Head injury. <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Oh, oh you've known her
3: longer than I have, so that's possible. Yeah. So, I'm sorry. I don't mean to put words in your mother's mouth, but you know, so. <laughs> that's, well, this the uh, not what they, you put it in mouth. Ah, oh, <laughs> well, that got cut out. Anyway,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and we're back.
3: 102. <laughs> <laughs> I now know what that means.
1: <laughs> no, that doesn't mean anything. You guys put that together like. Uh, no, the sp- the sp- no that, there was supposed to be a clicker. <laughs> It's yes. supposed to be right next to the mic, and it really, really spikes the thing. And you guys all did this kind of orangutan <laughs> thing. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh. Oh.
3: I want a fruit salad for dinner. <laughs> anyway,
1: I'm not finding anything right. on it.
3: No, I, that's, he's rumored. I have never. There was a fan trailer. There was a fan trailer that there, made it was was awesome. That a lot of people have been saying.